It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. And welcome to Moment of Truth. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. And of course, you can also listen online in the Radio Player Canada app. Download the Radio Player Canada app and type in elmntfm.ca. You can listen anywhere across the country. My first guest of the show today. The name is Once a Tree. Now that's an interesting name right there. Jaylee and Hayden Wolf are in the studio, and it's a pleasure to have them here. And I kind of wish we had more time, because I think there's a lot of things we could cover. But, uh, needless to say, we do have uh, about 30 minutes with you guys, and it's a pleasure that you you were able to come in, and we are, we're glad you're here, so welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure. So first of all, I mentioned the name Once a Tree, and you know it's it's an interesting name. Um, it ties in, I think, with with your story to some degree, right? It does. It really mm-hmm. does. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? How you came up with the name? Sure. You want to go ahead? Yeah, I think I think um, it was a time in our lives where we were searching for um, faith, for like a new beginning. Um, we were both raised as Jehovah's Witnesses. And we met each other as we were leaving that religion and um, searching for the sort of a new meaning to our lives. Um, what we had been taught our whole lives, we just felt that we didn't resonate with anymore. And once a tree is sort of the idea that energy is like circular, um, energy never dies. It's, it's uh, regenerated, reused. Um, we're all made of atoms. We're all energy. We're all connected. So I think... For me, that's where it came from personally, that like idea that we're all one. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so puzzled why you came up with Once a Tree. It's an interesting yeah. name to come up with. I know people still what, ask. Dr- what drew you to think of a tree as, you know, Once a Tree? I think there's a lot of, um, there's, there's some biblical as mm-hmm. well, yeah. just with like, you know, Eve eating from the mm-hmm. tree of knowledge of good and bad mm-hmm. and that being such a huge theme in our lives. Um, so that idea, is that was where the tree came from, really. Okay. Um, and then just using it as more like, yeah, I, I, I just love the roots. I love the idea of a tree being rooted and, and you know. There's so many Gross, things that I don't know. Yeah. I just, I love trees. Okay, so, so thank you for saying that. So rooted, um, what you, a couple of things stood out from what you just said. One is you were looking for faith, which is interesting, considering you came from a faith. Yes. Right. <laughs> you were kind of leaving. Uh, but it was hard so to be without looking, it. It was. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sure it had a big influence. Yeah. And, we, you know, we can talk about that, but I'm sh- because I'm sure it still influences to some degree what you do. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and hasn't left you completely. So that's one thing. Uh, so it's the faith, but also you said rooted. And, yes. and so we obviously didn't necessarily feel rooted. Didn't at all. Yeah. But what's interesting then, you brought up Jehovah Witness and you brought up the fact that you guys were raised in that faith, but you left the faith as a, as a decision. You, you, you did not know each other growing up though, no. correct? Uh, yeah, so correct. you were in different parts of the country? Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in the Okanagan uh-huh. and Jaylee grew up in the Kootenai area. Okay. British, yeah. British in a Columbia. small town called Creston. Right. Yeah, and it wasn't till um, what, what a horrible place to live. Though, <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but both small communities um, mm-hmm. never met each other growing up. Right. But through music, um, found like a, a connection to each other, and happened to figure out that we were both uh, raised in this religion, mm-hmm. having doubts. Jay Lee, of course, a, a much more ahead of deprogramming than I was, mm-hmm. um, but really helped me to open my mind and to ask questions that I had never felt I was able to before. Um, and we really bonded over music. So I k- traveled like a 13 hour Greyhound bus to mm. go meet her and make music. And it was like history from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I know that, that, that people can hear that story. They can go and see that online. Uh, is that at uh, onceatreemusic.com? Is that? Yeah, we yeah. have some. We did a video with the Junos, um, yeah. and we did talk a little bit about that yeah. in the documentary. Uh, okay, and there is a, but you do have a bio somewhere online. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, right? yeah, on do, our do website. Do you know what that is? Onceatreemusic.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, so people that are interested can go and, and watch that yeah. and get a little yeah. more of the background and, and uh, get a sense of, of how that happened and hear a little bit more of the. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you, you didn't, but did you know each other online? How did you, 
Come so to I actually, <laughs> um, I added him on Facebook okay. like a few years before we yeah? met, um, okay. just because I wanted him to make me a toque. He he's <laughs> really good. He's really good at crocheting. Nice. And um, I just saw this girl wearing this toque in this small town. I was like, "Where did you get that?" And she said his name. And mm. it's crazy, like that we were both right. you know raised in the same religion <laughs> and all of these things. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted him to make me a toque, and then. Uh, I didn't actually le- buy left it. To Ecuador. Yeah, I took off. Got him to make it for <laughs> me, and then didn't there. pay I don't need for that it. Anymore. <laughs> and then years later, she saw me playing guitar on Facebook and messaged me and was like, "Hey, I'm really wanting to take my music seriously. I saw you were playing guitar. Like, I'd love to yeah. do, like do a duet or something." Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I do music and maybe videos, we could wear, too. Maybe we could <laughs> wear, wear two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we could, we could, like, shoot a music video and stuff. If you give me a place to crash, like, we'll come and make, mm. make yeah. some magic and mm. make some art. And um, we really bonded mm. over that f- few weeks together. Yeah, totally. And then uh, you guys made some decisions. We, we did, did yes. yes, because How I was already was mentally, that? well, mentally I had been out for about a year. Like, I was teetering. I knew that this wasn't the truth, but I didn't want to lose my family. I didn't mm-hmm. want to lose my community. Um, so I took off to Nova Scotia for a bit um, just so that I could be away from everything. Higher learning. Yeah, and universe. then university is frowned upon mm. within the religion, and I really? did that. So I was slowly losing, you know, getting away from everything that I had ever known. But it wasn't until I met him that I had the courage to make that decision to, I'm going to be public about this. I'm leaving this religion. I'm leaving the cult. And um, yeah, that's that's when we really started to go through hard times. Yeah. But it, but also like the best time of our entire lives because it was freedom. Yeah. yeah. It was a struggle, but we the beautiful thing is that we had each other. Yeah. Losing our community, losing our families. Yeah. If I didn't have her, like, I don't know what I would have done. I'm sure yeah. that was a big, uh, a big uh, crutch for both of you yeah. to lean on and have a, yes. as support. That 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 for sure mm-hmm. is is an, a very important thing. And of course, you're still together. You, you got married, <laughs> and and you're making music, and you've done very well and Thank successful. You. Thank you. Uh, now, initially, it started with the. Uh, did you win a? Uh, uh, you yeah, won, through you know, APTN and Big Soul yeah. Productions, yeah, yeah. I won a songwriting contest, yeah. and so we were like homeless in BC at the time, like we had, were couch surfing and things like that. And um, I just thought, you know, let's enter this contest. And when I got the call, I was like, cool, they're going to fly me to Toronto. And so instead of doing Big like city. a, uh, yeah, instead of doing a two-way ticket, I was like, can you just fly me and my partner? And one way, totally, it worked. We got here, we had two suitcases and a guitar and we made it work, been mm-hmm. here. Cool. And then uh, and then what happened? What did you do? You, you got here. You did that. But we filmed the music video and then I just we decided this is where we need to be to make our dreams come true. Homeless and it, homeless still in Toronto. <laughs> but that was but OK. I found we got a distant it. relative of, of oh, nice. mine yeah, yeah. who I'd never been able to have a relationship growing up with because he wasn't right. part of the religion. Right. And I found him on Facebook um, a few weeks after we got to the city. Yeah. And he's like, dude, like you come come and stay with me. Don't be out on the street. <laughs> and so we crashed at his place until we were able to find um, housing and sort of like situate ourselves. And I ended up getting accepted into the Remix Project, Show mm. Remix mm. Project. Um, they completely changed our lives. Yeah. Um, the opportunities that they offer for the youth in this city is incredible. Um, and Having that, that, that community. Was, that was our new family when yeah. we really needed sure. it, this artistic community yeah, yeah. of people who lift each other up and support each other. And that's what we really needed at that time, coming to this new city um, alone, just each other. And, and yeah. to be um, infused into that really helped our music, helped our relationship, everything. Also, like some indigenous programs saved my life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ms. Wubik, yeah. totally saved my life. Got into some programs there, met, you know, new friends, new family, and just understanding more about my culture too because I had been so removed from that. It wasn't something I was allowed to know about. It was something that was like demonic. So for me to be able to reprogram my mind and be like, wow, I'm proud of my culture. I'm proud of who I am. And that was really cool too. So how do you guys feel now? You've made this, you made that decision. I know things are going well and that's great, but there must be some sadness about having left your families behind. Are, are you in communication with them? Do they, do they allow you to communicate? I mean, what's the relationship at this point? 
to be honest, I try not to think about it as much as I possibly can. But when the I like when the thoughts come up about my family, I do get sad. 100 percent. I lost like 90 percent of my family. I was raised Mm. by like a village of people. Mm. Um, And I do have some family that does speak to me, but it's not the same. Like they don't want to talk about the weather. They don't want to talk about, you know, Mm. simple Mm. things. It's all about how I left the cult and Mm. that I need to come back to God. And so my relationships with the friend, like the family that I still do talk to, it's just different. Mm. Um, And I've accepted it. But the way that I get through it is by building um, my own family here in Toronto, like my own friend groups and just like understanding that I have people that love me unconditionally. Mm. And so I'm happy that I left, but of course there's like, you know, a tinge of sadness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys are talking about some things that, that are, are, are plural in both of the, both the the Jehovah witness society, as well as the new society you live in. Uh, You talk about unconditional love. You'll talk about a new family. Uh, And you know, it's, it's interesting because you took a leap of faith. (laughs) Yeah, right? both mm-hmm. of you took a leap of faith, which is interesting when you think about it in that in that way to to make the move that, that you is did a really a cool one way, way to it. Totally, yeah. it, you know that you did, and that's a leap of faith. So it's interesting how that sort of does come full circle as we really talk neat. about right back to that tree, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um. Uh, so that's great. So so then you you uh, you know um, you've started to make some music and things started to happen. Yeah, it's been it's been a beautiful experience. <laughs> I think music has always served as like uh, therapy for me. I'm yep. sure Jaylee as well. Yep. Like the creation process, getting all the demons out mm-hmm. on, onto paper and into sound, and um, it's been special to do it with someone mm-hmm. so amazing as Jaylee. Thanks. <laughs> now that's another, and, and I'm glad you mentioned therapy because mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up to you. You actually mentioned that about writing. You said just writing, getting yeah. things out is, is, is a way of just, uh, you know, dealing with this stuff. Totally. Yes. And, and it is a therapy, very much is a therapy, whether someone else mm-hmm. enjoys it or, or, or yeah. you do it for anyone else. It is therapy. If it helps others or it benefits others, that's a plus. That's right? so true. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about. You started to write pro. You started the writing process. You started to do stuff together. You did some some great recordings. So, uh, what happened first? How did, how did it get going for you? I mean, I think, I think sound. We started releasing music on SoundCloud more so as like a passion mm-hmm. for, yeah. for create creating stuff and seeing it get well received mm. was really cool. And and people asking for like more music. Mm. Um, and that's I think when we really started to realize that we could sort of make a career out of out of music. Mm. And, um, we got a grant through Much Music yeah. nice. um, for a music video, and that music video got a lot of shares on Facebook, and that's how we came into getting our management. Um, and I think that was where we kind of started. We're like, oh, you know, we have managers now. Like, mm-hmm. we we could really do this. Like, we can. Yeah, we got hit up by a couple of different um, TV shows to do licensing, and that's when I was like, hey, this this could really work. Yeah, that's great. Wow, it's it's it's. Uh, it, it, it's almost like uh, there is uh, there is someone up there watching over <laughs> you guys. I honestly feel like meeting her was, was some divine intervention. <laughs> For real. I needed her at that time. Okay, so tell me about the stuff you guys write about. Because, you know, we're talking, it, it sounds like it's all, all great, but you guys have had some dark times and you've, you've written about some dark stuff. Yeah, I think our two, two past records have really been about our past and about mm. the growth and... Um, dealing with like really difficult things, but also trying to see the light side and, and um, that light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. kind of thing. So the last record we put out was Whatever You Do, Kid. And mm-hmm. it's just about like shaking up your life and right. changing your energy and just, you know, because I think it's really easy to get into a routine. and Shake and, up your life, yeah. shake up your energy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's there's just there's <laughs> mundane cycles of life that we can get trapped in. Yep. Even, even when we don't feel that we have that self-worth to like break out of it. And you need to like take a step back and look at like what makes me happy. Um, are there people in my life that are affecting me negatively? Like, do I need to to like cut people out even who don't make me feel good about myself? And um, just always striving. We have, we have this one life, and um, just striving to like make the most of it and enjoy it. Yep, totally. Yeah. So you were gonna say something? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking how how that seems very different from what you were raised to believe. You know, you, I heard you guys use the word uh, in, in some, one of your, in the, maybe the, the little doc about yourselves about immortal, being immortal, mm. yeah. which really took me by surprise. I was like, wow, immortal. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, learning, that's... learning that I was gonna die. <laughs> it was harder than losing family. That was the hardest thing I've ever came to terms with because I never believed that I would die. I was always told by by the elderly folk in in mm. the in the church, mm. like you're so fortunate that you'll never have to grow old in this wicked system. Okay, so <laughs> but having said that, yeah. going back to once a tree. There is that circular, it's, there's no end. It's, it is a transfer of energy. Energy doesn't, you know, yes. you just move on somewhere. Yes. Right? It's, all, it's all connected. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, man. In a weird, <laughs> in a weird way, man. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, okay, let's get back because, you know, you, you guys have written some songs about depression, about yeah. suicide. W- what caused that element in your life for you to get to that point? So breakdown, I guess we, yeah. that was the one that we really, that's about mental health for yep. sure. Yeah. Uh, suicide and, and um, depression is something that Jaylee and I both uh, struggled with, uh, especially leaving leaving the religion and everything mm. at that time. Um, even before that, the guilt, the sure. pressure, everything. And um, actually two weeks before we shot the music video for that track, my brother actually took his life. And... Um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know why, because when I left the religion, it, that's what saved me. And when I left, he really dove like headfirst into it. Mm. And from the outside, like he, he ended up shunning me. But from the outside, I thought he was happy. Um, he got married. He seemed very um, grounded again. And um, j- it wasn't until this past summer that I found out the reason he took his life was because he got disfellowshipped from the religion. And um, it's just such a barbaric practice. And it's something that Jaylee and I are really advocating about. Like, until they change that, that, those rules, those conditions within that religion, like, it's heartbreaking how many people are affected by it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so unnecessary. It's so cruel. Um, it's, yeah, it's it, um, mental illness. He, he was mentally ill, which right. I'm obviously added the right. situation right. but it's something that we're very passionate about yeah. and through that uh, music video release we were able to work with the Kelowna um, um, Hospital Foundation and um, we were able to raise funds to help build facilities across British Columbia and hopefully future um, facilities across Canada that help youth that are struggling with mental illness to like are they're on waiting lists they're waiting to get the help that they need and it's not provided at, in a timely manner and people take their lives yeah mm. we need more infrastructure for there that. needs to be more infrastructure right. especially in, in with social media like right. there's so much pressure on everybody nowadays and um to have those tools to like work through depression work through through uh, mental illness and um it's it's something that's really needed and, and we're both really happy that we got to have right. that opportunity so of course like when we feel these ways like when we feel depression or we feel like it's important as, as artists that we put it into our totally, art and, talk and about so it. breakdown was yeah. it was that yeah. it was us being at a well he wrote the li- most of the lyrics for that at a time where he was feeling like he was breaking down mm-hmm. right and it was about his you know yeah, yeah his I was, feelings, I was so. really struggling with alcohol abuse and, yeah and Jaylee f- came and found me and I was I was about to jump off a cliff and she saved my life and and um so the music video yeah. is it's like a true story mm. um but yeah so it, it's just great to be able to talk about it and to be in a time where we can talk about these things mm. and it it's doesn't have to be more stigmatized more and to, to yeah. open up to people yeah. and it's like yo I, I need help i need yeah. someone to talk to yeah but what's so okay. cool is like through our art and through talking about all these things we've come to a place in our lives where we're really happy now and we're doing really well and yeah. we've come out of that and we want to you know tell other people that that they're yeah like he said before there's light at the end of the tunnel and, always and a brighter day yeah exactly so like our new tracks are are going in a more positive direction because that's where we are in our lives right now okay. so with whatever you do kid it's like shaking up our energy shaking up our lives and and literally just i feel like a completely new person now i don't recognize my life from four years ago yeah. like i i don't believe even mm. sometimes that i was homeless or drug addict or I, like i just i'm a completely different person right. and um with our other track uh run like it's mm. it even has like more happier tones even mm. though it's about mm. something that was darker like mm. i just think that it's important for us to have that art represent where we are now and show other people that you know you they can get through it too hopefully right
So I just want to let everybody know that uh, you're listening to Element FM, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests are Once a Tree, Jaylee and Hayden Wolf. We're talking about their music. We're talking about their lives. And uh, it's great that they're here in the studio. Uh, Hayden, I'm sorry about the loss of your brother. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and and I know that, uh, you know, that, that, that probably left you with a lot of questions, I'm sure. Um, and maybe that was something that you, you know, use music as a therapy to, to try and deal with. Uh, on, the, on the lighter side, as you mentioned, uh, Jaylee, you, you talked about the lighter side of things as you're moving forward. Uh, and if we can move over to the video side of things, and by the way, if people check out your, your music and check out your videos, um, yeah, Broken has some, some kind of cool imagery in it. It does, I yeah. mean, there's, there's one shot that I, there's two shots that particularly stood out to me. One was the shot of you laying back on your back with the, with the road moving underneath you. And I went, hmm, <laughs> how'd they do that one? <laughs> and don't try this at home, kids. Um, <laughs> and then the other shot was, what is a shot from the roof of the car <laughs> as you're going down the road in front of the windshield. And I went, hmm, you know, don't try this at home, <laughs> yeah. kids, right? But there, there's some, some cool stuff in there, even though you are dealing with some, you know, uh, it, it's a great video that, that uh, thank uh, you. you know. Yeah, thank you so much. You're, you're dealing with dark, dark stuff. But uh, moving on and going forward, is there, is there anything we haven't covered that you feel is important to mention? I think Worth was like a really fun experience for us to deal with like the, the topic of bullying, especially yeah. online bullying yeah. as well. Okay. Talking back about the social media thing, mm-hmm. how, how you can easily base your worth on other people's opinion of you, especially in the online space. Um, and it was such a great experience to go back to Jay Lee's community and work with um, Indigenous youth there to shoot a music video for the track. And w- which is, Jay Lee and I love to shoot our own visuals. Um, but this one was like, it was quite challenging um, setting everything up from Toronto and going back to British Columbia. Oh, yeah, sure. But thankfully, we had a Yakanuki school in uh, Lower Kootenai Band that was on board with mm. us filming there. And um, the kids were so great. It was such a fun time. Um, and I'm, and we're both really happy with how it turned out. The, um, just speaking on that to like a younger demographic is something that we haven't done before. Mm. Um, so I think that was really that was a really fun experience. Yeah, worth was great. You mentioned worth and self worth. Uh, we've talked about um, suicide. We, we've talked about uh, to, to some degree substance abuse. Uh, fortunately, it sounds like you had a brief encounter with that in your past. That. Yes, both of you. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, which is great, uh, but that's that's something that's always there. It's always going to be. That's unfortunately one of those things that faces us every day. And and you talked about worth, and you talked about social media, and how mm. difficult that is. But we are bombarded with that stuff. We are every time you look at anything. You look totally. at billboards. You totally. lo- you know, it's all about yeah. people trying to sh- put an image onto you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta be this or else. Right? Yes. And it does make things very difficult. It's hard to navigate through all that. Yeah. <laughs> Always sure. grasping for the unattainable. They put it in front of you and, yeah. it's, and mm-hmm. it's not real. It's, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's just, it's so... Um, it's a facade, yeah. Yeah. It's so superficial. We're all <laughs> oh, yeah. men. We're real Oh, yeah. Humans. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's what it's all about, all right? Superficial. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, a couple of the songs. So um, What You Say is another song. Did you mention that one? Yeah, we even talked about that one. That was like... <laughs> that was another experience. <laughs> the video shoot was awesome. We got to go to Mexico to shoot mm. that video. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was so great. Um, but that song is just like, uh, it's just about like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't want to swear. Um, <laughs> Wastemans. Mm. So, <laughs> so we, we bought a 30-pound anatomically correct skeleton named okay. Tony okay. and brought him in our luggage, which was quite an <laughs> ordeal getting through I uh, bet. border security. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, I speak some Spanish. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> but that was, that was hilarious, bringing him through the streets of San Miguel. Um, and everyone's t- staring at us, whipping their phones out and stuff. And, and it was very hard to get any filming done. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was <laughs> fun. But again, self-worth. Yeah. Yeah, a major tone in in um, a lot of our music. Right. Yeah. Um. So okay. So so you guys live in Toronto now. Yes. You were saying, yeah. and you where you first I think moved into you found a place not too far away from that. Are you still in that that same area? Or? No, we've we're like we're young in Eglinton now okay. area. But when we first got here, we were we were in Regent Park. Yeah. Mm. But um, 
It was a tough housing situation. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't great. Mm. But, um, but now we're in such but a But there's infrastructure, at least, mm. for people who need help, you know? Yeah, there was. Who are struggling, and, and not just housing, but the resources of Toronto are so incredible, all the programs that are offered. Mm. Um, we love the city. It's a great city. It's, it's home to us here. now. This is home. Uh, you mentioned your indigenous background. What mm. what did you learn? What were you not allowed to know? Did, what, what nation did you belong to? I didn't really know anything. Yeah. I also didn't know like my biological father growing up. Oh yeah. So um, I am just only getting to know him better now. Mm. But um, and I only just made it back to meet all of my family up on my reservation last year. Mm. So I didn't I didn't know anything about she was my told culture. That she was Mexican growing up because her father was taken in the '60s scoop. Mm. Yeah. Right. And he didn't know until right. he met his biological family. Right. So it's been like a long journey of reclamation and it's been a lot of hard work, but mm. it's been so rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to our world. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's rampant. It's all over the place. Yeah. A lot of you're, you're not alone in, no. in those those uh, stories at all. Um, you know, something else you guys mentioned uh, in, in, in getting together and, and getting your relationship going was that you... You talked about how you thought it was you thought it was a little strange how trauma brought you guys together. Mm-hmm. You still think that? No, because I think like attracts like, and <laughs> <laughs> and he was sorrow, and I thought mm. because of that, you know, he would be able to create beautiful things, and I was right. And it we're artists. I don't know. Like I just think definitely, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. I was reading a quote that was like art brings meaning to pain that could never be else brought about. Yeah. 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 So, so if you don't mind me asking, what do your families think now that you've had some success, that you're doing something with your lives and, you know, you're making a difference and you're helping others? Well, <laughs> the, the only family that I really have that is proud of me is the one auntie who left the religion. Mm. Everyone else, I don't think it, it's, um, it's not a good thing what I'm doing in their eyes because mm. what I'm doing is like basically what the devil wants me to do. And I'm just being real and blunt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's proud of me right. because uh, they can't be because mm, it's not yeah. in their scope yeah. to be. That's, uh, that's unfortunate, but I, uh, I guess we have to respect the views of, of everyone, don't we? <laughs> um, okay, so what, what's on the horizon? What's going forward for you guys? I think a new record on the way pretty okay. soon. Yeah. Um, We're going to be shooting a music video. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. Right. Yeah. I'm really, really excited. And just, yeah. Just you guys going to be doing it yourselves again? Or? Yes. I think yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> Always a good time. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. kind of hoping to shoot it in LA. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. LA Might be, be Toronto nice. and, in, and in LA. And is that uh, with some new material that you've already yes. recorded? Or yeah, it's a song that we've just recorded. Okay. Yeah. I'm really, really excited. So when might that be coming out? When can people look forward to it? Maybe January? I yeah. think maybe disappear from Toronto over the winter. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> <Okay>. Minus 40? <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. yeah, we don't get too many of those days anymore, yeah, not with the way the climate is changing, <laughs> but we do still get a few of them. Um, okay, and so that's that, but that's that sounds like one song. Yeah, um, definitely. I We've been on a spree lately with writing new music, so mm. I'm really excited about, about the development of that um, more melancholy energy of the past few records, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, like moving on to something that's a little more mm-hmm. um, victorious. Right. And thing, also, you know? I'm working on my solo project, yeah. which I'm really excited about. Okay, well, there you go. And that Lots leads us do. into some new possibilities <laughs> yes. down the road. You guys will have to come back and <laughs> tell us to. about th- th- what you've got going on. You'll have to come back and share what you're doing solo-wise. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we wish you guys all the best. And I just want to say uh, thank you, Aniel and Miigwech, for coming in and, and talking to us thank today you. about your music, about your lives, and sharing the things that you do. So, again, it can help and benefit others. I'm sure you're not the only people that are struggling with some of the things you're dealing with and some of the things you've shared. Totally. Thank you so much for having us, man. It's been a great pleasure. Once a tree... And that is uh, Hayden and, uh, and Jaylee Wolf. And you can check them out at onceatree.com. Onceatreemusic.com. Onceatreemusic.com. <laughs> is there a social media, uh, social once media a handles? Um, Instagram, again? yeah, yeah. Facebook. Once a tree, always a tree. No. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. So once again, I want to say thank you to uh, Hayden and, and Jaylee for coming in and talking to us. But we have to take a break. And then we're coming back with a couple of other guests. But uh, again, thanks so much for coming in. Thank, thank you. you. All right. All right, welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. And on the phone 
We have Alex Reeves, the Senior Manager of Public Affairs for the Royal Canadian Mint. He's calling in from Ottawa. We appreciate him taking the time to uh, talk to us about the uh, new Royal Canadian Mint uh, coin with the uh, with Louis Riel, the uh, important Métis leader uh, that uh, founded Manitoba. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, we were just talking a little bit just before uh, we, we went to, to air here uh, about how the Mint has two locations. You were just uh, telling me a little bit about the, the, the difference between the two. Do you mind telling everybody about how, how that works? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The Mint has uh, had two uh, separate facilities in Canada since 1976, um, uh, basically because uh, Ottawa was uh, over capacity. Um, uh, in terms of supplying Canada with circulation coins, the uh, mint in Winnipeg was built and, and opened in April 1976 to assume the role of pr- producing uh, all of Canada's circulation coins, and we also produce circulation coins for uh, for other uh, other countries. And uh, since '76, uh, we're up to uh, more than 80 different countries uh, for whom we've produced circulation coins. And in Ottawa, which is our original location, which has been uh, operating since uh, we first opened our doors in January uh, 1908, uh, we produce uh, gold and silver bullion coins, uh, metals as well, and uh, most importantly, uh, collector coins, including the uh, Louis, the Louis Riel uh, special edition silver dollar that we just launched. Now, that's pretty fascinating. I would never have thought the Mint, for some reason, uh, did coins for other countries, but that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it's always an interesting, uh, it's a bit of an eye, uh, eye-opening uh, fact, but uh, uh, a lot of Mints, uh, well, let's, uh, re- just to put it uh, uh, simply, uh, a lot of countries either don't have a Mint, mm. or if they have uh, minting capabilities, they come to us for special technologies because uh, take, for instance, our, our uh, Canadian circulation coins have a te- technology called multiply plated steel. It's a very uh, specific uh, plating process, multi-layered, and uh, it creates uh, you know exceptional durability, enhanced security, and all those things that, uh, that are desirable. Uh, in the marketplace, especially when you're, you know, you want durable coins, you want to prevent counterfeiting. Uh, we have security features on our one and two dollar coins that no one else has. So mm-hmm. all those things come into play when uh, when um, uh, international customers uh, uh, come to us, and we certainly go out to them and and pitch our uh, our, our capabilities, and it uh, it drives a lot of uh, that business. Mm-hmm. Wow, fascinating! Thanks for sharing that. But let's get back to the, uh, the, 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 the reason we, were, we wanted to find right. out more about the, the Louis Real coin and, and, uh, and why the Mint uh, moved forward on that. And, and I, I think it was on a special day as well. Well, yeah, we were uh, very excited to uh, be able to uh, join the, uh, the Manitoba Métis Federation in Winnipeg uh, 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 on the official birthday of Louis Riel on October 22nd. And uh, as a federal agency, we're very thankful that Louis Riel's uh, birthday did not fall during the election period because we were under a blackout until October 21st. <laughs> so that was very timely for us. And uh, it was a fantastic event. You know, it was a great celebration. Uh, it's 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 wonderful to see uh, see your coins have uh, such a noticeable impact on people, and that was uh, that was really evident through uh, uh, throughout the room uh, we were in at the Fort Gary Hotel, and uh, yeah, it was the 175th uh, anniversary of the date of his birth, and we're very proud to issue our first Louis Riel coin, and also our first coin to ever uh, include the Michif language, the official language of the Métis Nation. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Now, so aside from the fact that, you know, when you print a coin like this and and it brings attention uh, and, and sort of uh, locks in this, you know, the person uh, that you're identifying on there and, and uh, you know, brings attention to that important uh, moment or, or person, as, as I said, what, what else do coins do 
for for a country or for uh, you know the 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 thing that they're they're presenting well i think you know they do two things and in, in, in my opinion uh they they kind of provoke uh reflection uh you know uh, the first thing when i see a new coin um I, I tend to ask myself instinctively, like, why are we putting this on a coin? So mm-hmm. why is Louis, Louis Riel on a coin? That, that kind of gets you, uh, you know, re- reflecting and thinking about what is the story behind, mm-hmm. uh, behind this coin. And, you know, obviously we're talking about uh, better understanding his role in Canadian and Manitoba history and Métis history as well. And... Uh, but you know, once once you've you've got those answers, those are you know that coin is forever. So I think there's, you know, coin really helps you remember what what the story is uh, behind the design that appears on it. So it serves as a reminder to future generations, even that uh, there was you know something uh, really important about Louis Riel. His legacy is important to. Uh, not just Métis Nation, but Canadians as a whole. And, um, uh, you know, I know from my personal experience, I didn't learn a whole lot about Louis Riel uh, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid in school. But seeing this coin and understanding, you know, what he did to negotiate the, uh, the act that uh, allowed um, uh, Manitoba to join Confederation in 1870, um, you know that's powerful stuff, and and you really understand that, that there was a lot more behind the man than uh, than, than uh, the average person thinks. Yeah, and certainly it it, uh, it takes away from the story that many of us did hear about his hanging and and those kind of things. It brings some legitimacy to mm-hmm. him. I guess that's the other thing by printing a coin yeah. like this, right? And, and you know, it's broader understanding, mm. and and. You know, one thing that's important to remember is that all uh, all of the Royal Canadian Mint's coins are, uh, are are only produced with the approval of the government of Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the government of Canada itself is making a statement sure. in in wanting Canadians to better understand uh, Louis Riel's contribution. Yeah, and it was designed by a Métis artist, uh, David Garneau. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we met David. He joined us at the event. He took part in the unveiling. Um, uh, we worked with uh, a variety of, uh, of Métis and uh, uh, First Nations and, and Inuit artists as well. Um, so it was a pleasure to uh, to get him to uh, uh, to turn this uh, this uh, concept into uh, a beautiful design. And uh, you know, it was it was a very meaningful experience for him. It was great to have not just a collaboration with uh, with David, but with uh, David Chartrand, the president of the uh, Manitoba Métis Federation, Clément Chartier, the president of the Métis National Council, and um, also uh, Mr. Norman Fleury um, from the uh, from the Saint Boniface Museum. Um, they were all, uh, you know, it was great to receive their uh, their expertise and their input and, uh, you know, talk about including the, the Michif language on a coin as well. It was, uh, it was really a nice, uh, nice team effort. Right. Uh, now, we only have a couple of minutes left, uh, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, of course, there's, a, there's only going to be 15,000 of these printed, uh, produced, and then uh, they're going to cost uh, $59.95. Nine ninety five is the retail price. Yeah, available uh, in November. Uh, yeah, they can be ordered online right now. So okay. go to www.mint.ca. And in fact, if you go uh, if you go on there today, uh, on the landing page, the first banner that appears is uh, is dedicated to Louis to Louis Riel. So mm. there's a very easy way to get onto the uh, the product page and and place an order. And um, uh, the coin is sold very quickly uh, mm. in terms of advance orders. Uh, I think we've uh, we've got only a few thousand left. Mm. Uh, dealers across the country have uh, have uh, purchased uh, the remainder, so they will be available in uh, in dealer stores. And um, of course, um, they can be uh, they can be purchased at the uh, 
the uh, men's boutiques in Ottawa and in Winnipeg as well. Right. Now, uh, just before you go, if you don't mind, you mentioned David Garneau, the artist, and working with him to produce this and draft something up. Can you quickly describe the process of what it takes to get something like that from an artist's description into a coin? Yeah, well, the challenge of creating a successful coin design is telling a story within a very small uh, space. Mm. You know, uh, this coin is uh, something in the order of uh, 36 or 38 millimeters wide. So um, we'll, uh, you know, we'll receive sketches from the artist and uh, our engravers who really take a drawing and turn it into a 3D sculpture that appears on a coin uh, they will they will try and work with the designer. If there's certain things that that need to change to make the uh, engraving possible, then there's a kind of an exchange of information, and um, so so you can go through you know several concepts uh, through that process, and we also have uh, expert vetting of the design as well. So that's you know that's how we get got involved with mm-hmm. the Métis uh, Manitoba the Manitoba Métis Federation, the, mm-hmm. the National Council, and and the St. Boniface Museum, for instance. Yeah. So all that comes into play. And then finally, we uh, we go to the Minister of Finance for approval because he has responsibility for approving our coins on behalf of the government of Canada. Great. Uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and we really do appreciate you taking the time to come on the air and talk to us about uh, what the Royal Canadian Mint does, as well as this uh, wonderful new coin uh, by Louis Riel that's available now uh, and uh, it will be available in November, uh, selling for fifty nine ninety five. It's great to hear about and, and uh, share this information. Thanks for inviting me, David. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. That is Alex Reeves. He's the senior manager and of public affairs at the Royal Canadian Mint. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Moment of Truth. And welcome back once again to Moment of Truth. I'm your host David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. My uh, my guest on the line with us from Ottawa is Keith Henry. He's the CEO of Indigenous Tourism Canada. Keith, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. So. Indigenous Tourism Canada. Now, I guess that's something that seems to be on the rise. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, uh, the demand for authentic Indigenous experiences is growing. Um, you know, there's always been an interest within Canadians, and, you know, our domestic market is uh, is quite good. But uh, where we're really seeing the most potential growth is uh, international visitors coming to, to uh, visit Canada and any parts of this country, quite frankly. So we're just seeing a significant demand, and we're trying to uh, meet that demand each and every day. Now, you mentioned international visitors and people that are interna- interested on an, an international front, but as well as, as nationally across the country. So uh, there is a, a tourist, uh, an Indigenous Tourism Canada website that people can go to. Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, go to indigenouscanada.ca. That's mm-hmm. certainly... Uh, or indigenoustourism.ca. I mean, we have a couple of sort of places you can find our products and experiences. And and what you'll see, there's roughly uh, right now about 170 or so experiences from every province and territory that are truly what we would call tourism-ready or what market-ready is the terminology we use in the industry. Mm-hmm. And those are businesses where entrepreneurs have formed. Some of them are hotels, some are restaurants, some are cultural centers, outdoor adventure. I mean, indigenous tourism is created in a lot of ways. It's not a one-size-fits-all sort of piece to it. And, of right. course, there's a diversity of many nations, whether it's in Ottawa or, or in Saskatchewan or out on the East Coast. It's very diverse. How would you say the, the tourism is uh, being looked at right now? And what I mean by that is when someone goes to the to the site and they contact you guys, is it more? Uh, is it is it is it getting more in in terms of the 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 package, the tour package thing, or is it still many uh, individuals or families looking? Well, what we're finding is, um, well, I mean, tourism itself is continuing to grow, and the way a lot of the tourism visitors uh, are are being driven, it's uh, nothing that it's sort of somewhat out of our control. Like we do see a lot of. Uh, 
uh, free independent travelers is what we call it, sort of people finding mm-hmm. our businesses. Maybe they go to a local visitor center in Ottawa and, and someone puts them on to, you know, there's Aboriginal experiences here, uh, you know, in, in Ottawa itself. There's other Indigenous sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, gift shops or, and things like that. And there's a guided walking tour. I mean, there are those those situations that happen. That's where a lot of our businesses have been formed. However, a lot of the actual people coming through Ottawa have done it through a package. They've purchased it somewhere, whether it's within Canada or outside of Canada. And so we're trying to help uh, our businesses prepare to how to really work with the uh, travel agencies and the trade. That's part of what we, when we evolve those businesses into more of a sophisticated sort of market and export ready, when they really know how to work with those, those other potential sales channels, that's really important to our industry. Now, when people go to your website, uh, as you mentioned, there's a, there's a couple of people go to, but when they go there, uh, you do have this uh, very nicely broken down into different ways that people can start to, to search. Uh, you know, you've got regions, you've got cultures, uh, and those kind of things that, that are, have headings across the top of the page. Right. Yeah, we, what we've tried to do is really make it navigable for everyone in a very simple way. I mean, there's a diversity of culture, first of all, in Canada, whether mm-hmm. there's First Nation, Inuit, Métis, and of course you have all of these, you know, uh, larger sort of national groups here within the Ottawa area. But of course, um, you know, across the country, uh, I mean, that's not the same. There's not necessarily a lot of Inuit people in Vancouver. So what we're trying to do with the website is really provide a basic amount of information for visitors to understand, first of all, that it's not homogenous. It's not one type of Indigenous person, per se. Um, and it's really, the, when you're in a province and territory, you can look at specifically those products and ser- or those experiences that you can stop in and buy. And of course, we're just one platform of many like that we've helped create. And mm. it, of course, it's bilingual, it's in English and French. And mm. we really try and we offer both. A, if you look on our website, you can actually browse specific packages that you could actually buy. Or you can simply contact the business and, and try and book a, uh, an experience directly. Now, you mentioned authentic uh, earlier when you were talking about people looking for an authentic uh, uh, encounter, an authentic uh, uh, experience. Um, has that, has that, is that something that has changed? Because I'm just wondering, do you still get people either surprised or, or looking for more of a stereotypical type, kind of uh, experience? It is a really big challenge for us in some markets. You know, I mean, uh, authenticity is key. So the, what we try to do is um, help, um, like, you know, if you look on our website, we've got sort of a, uh, some definitions we've got sitting with what we've defined as authentic Indigenous mm-hmm. tourism. We're not the authenticity police, I mean, or anything like that. But, I mean, communities and nations own their authenticity. Mm-hmm. But our biggest piece is that we're telling this, the the culture that's being shared is done so in a, in a in a culturally appropriate way, and it's true and and real to the to the nation or the community it comes from. And there's sort of a series of behind those statements is a series of checklists and things that that our industry is is managing so that we can make sure that we're presenting that in the most authentic and honorable way. Mm-hmm. The consumers themselves, though, uh, we have a lot of marketing education to do. You know, some of our markets still think that Indigenous people still, you know, ride horseback and, and are wearing, you know, very traditional regalia. And mm. and not to say that those things aren't done for ceremonial and some sort of practice purposes, but we want the world to realize that Indigenous people are contemporary. They're, they're you know, it's it, there's a variety of ways you will experience Indigenous tourism. And that's what partially what our website is aiming to do is help people dis- understand what is Indigenous tourism in Canada. Mm. Um you know, when I compare us to places like New Zealand, I mean, all of us, um, I wouldn't know too many Canadians that wouldn't know, for example, the Hakka uh, coming from New Zealand and the Maori culture or mm. the Maori culture and, and some of the symbolism. Well, the reason that is is because the country years ago made a, a shift in how they wanted to present their country to the world. And a big piece of that was sharing their local Indigenous culture. Mm. In Canada, we're now starting to do that, but we're wrestling with some of these these challenges, uh, you know, we're all, we have a lot more cultural diversity of Indigenous peoples uh, in this country, but I think that's actually an opportunity for us. So yeah. our website tries to bring some of that to light about the different locations, and the different nations, and some of the culture we can share in a fair way. Yeah, that's great. So tell us a little bit about the association, the Indigenous Tourism Association. 
Well, we we um, we've been we formed officially. Uh, we basically revived the national organization. It's a national nonprofit. It's got a, a national board of its elected Indigenous tourism industry representatives, one from every province and territory. Uh, we've got a national strategy. Uh, we first rolled out in 2016 to help grow the industry in four key areas of leadership, partnership, development, and marketing. And there was a series of tactics behind each of those. In only three years after rolling that national strategy, uh, we far surpassed what we thought was going to be the results. Uh, there was sort of three major outcomes, uh, and the national organization is the best way I can describe it. Is we're trying to help shepherd this through the industry because tourism is very complex and lots of layers of partners, and we need those partners. So, for example, we work with Ottawa Tourism and in Ontario. We work with Indigenous Tourism Ontario. I mean, there's a lot of layers to the way we have to implement these these strategies. So uh, in that, in three years, the national organization, through all of these various partners like Ottawa Tourism and, and, and Indigenous Tourism Ontario and, and across the country, we uh, were able to see the industry grow by over $300 million in direct GDP. So that's about 9,000 new jobs and sales at the hills of our businesses. It was pretty substantive. And we saw other things. We saw more market-ready businesses be uh, created. So we went from... You know, we've, there's about 14, 1,500 businesses across Canada in 2015. We're now up to about 1,900 businesses, and and of that, about a, about you know a little, um, roughly about 10 percent of them are what we'd call truly market and export ready. So we grew about 50 or 60 of those market readiness businesses uh, in three years to get to the larger numbers. And then we also uh, we're just seeing a lot more partnerships now being created across the country to help support a logical path for Indigenous tourism. So today, we've got a new plan called the, the Acceleration Strategy for 2019 to 2024, and we believe Indigenous tourism is going to be worth about $2.2 billion by 2024 in the country, and mm-hmm. uh, those are it's going to employ about 50,000 people. So it, it's, yeah. it's becoming um, big business for a lot of nations and a lot of entrepreneurs. Wow, that's great. And congratulations on all of that. Now, uh, is there anything that um, that sticks out in your mind that you would like people to know, or that that uh, there there's misconception about uh, uh, that you feel is 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 it would help uh, people to know? Well, I I just think that the biggest thing that we can do for to help uh, locally um, and in across the country is just help people know where to find indigenous experiences. You know. I, I really um, um, it's it's a it's a constant challenge. So you know, I mentioned uh, earlier in the interview, you know, talking about what is available across the uh, across of course the country and in Ottawa, for example, Aboriginal experiences. Do people know that they can uh, experience that right here in Ottawa? Do they know mm-hmm. there's a walking tour? You know, so I would say to people, the misconceptions are simply where to find the information. Mm-hmm. You know, we we need to work with everyone in partnerships, and we are doing great partnerships with Ottawa Tourism and other partners locally. But it really does also require people to to know where to go. So I think getting to the website at indigenoustourism.ca or checking out the packages and really understanding what does authentic Indigenous tourism look like. And understand the misconception is not every community is involved in tourism. Some choose to, some don't. And mm. we respect that as, as Indigenous tourism industry uh, leaders. I mean, that's part of what we do. It's it's a misconception to think that you're just going to go to a community and start learning culture and they're going to welcome you with open arms. I mean, there's a reason why our sector is there. There's a reason why we need to uh, provide people those spaces to, if they want to learn about Indigenous culture, to learn. And now we've got roughly 1,900 businesses uh, across the country being formed. About 170 of them or so are market ready and on our website. We'd love for more Canadians to get involved. Mm. That's great, Keith. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us uh, on the air and tell us about this. And uh, we wish you, wish you all the best in the future. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a really important message to share, and I uh, really appreciate your coverage. You're, you're very welcome. That is uh, Keith Henry. He's the CEO of Indigenous Tourism Canada, and he joined us on the line from Ottawa, Ontario. And that is the end of our show for today. I want to thank everyone for listening and thank everyone for taking part in the show. I'm David Moses. Be sure to listen next time right here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. Until then, onagiha. I also want to say nyawa miigwech wanishi and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa miigwech and thanks for listening.